0: Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by three-roll estate craft rum distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane, three-roll is cane to glass.
1: From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal.
0: It's business. Hi,
1: I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. It seems like so many of our systems and institutions are changing these days, challenging our long-held assumptions and making us rethink the way we do just about everything, even simple things like buying dish soap or tennis shoes. With me today to discuss this is Mary Clay Mannard, founder of Cluey Consumer, an online platform that enables shoppers to practice conscious consumerism by providing them with easy accessible data that measures a company's impact on people, politics, and the planet. The platform is free and enables users to create customized profiles that include the values they prioritize and also the brands they currently use. Cluey and then let them know if their brands are aligned with their values, which in theory could cause them to change their buying patterns, which in turn could encourage companies to change their behavior. Since launching the platform in November of 2021, more than 6,000 users have visited the Cluey site. Mary Claire is a native of New Orleans and a graduate of Vanderbilt University who spent much of the past decade working in media and consulting. In 2021, she moved back to her native Louisiana, where she thinks Cluey Consumer can be part of helping grow the entrepreneurial ecosystem and helping make the planet a better place, right? So Mary Claire, thank you so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. So you have practiced conscious consumerism yourself for a while, but, but where did this idea come from? to create an online platform and to try to, you know, marry a buyer's values and brands with, with corporate behavior.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, I ultimately, when I was starting in my 20s and my career, um, gaining my own consumer power and being more wise about where I was spending my money and what I was spending it on. I became aware of the outsized impact that corporations often have on our society in a variety of ways, whether it's through their political donations or whether it's through how they hire and treat workers um, or even their impacts on the planet. And so as part of that discovery, I wanted to be more discerning with where I was spending my money. The problem though was that it was really, really hard to figure out exactly what was true, what was accurate. um, When a when a brand would make a sustainability claim, a safety claim, you know, a social claim, I wasn't exactly sure what I could and could not believe. Um, And so that's why I decided to build Cluey. I am a former CNN journalist, a corporate and investment consulting researcher. So I knew that the information existed and was out there, especially with the rise of Um, you know, ideas like ESG for investing, Um, but that information is just completely uh, inaccessible to the everyday person. It's completely uh, disparate and and oftentimes unreliable, and so what we wanted to do was create a centralized and reliable solution for the everyday consumer um, to understand some of the impacts behind the products that they're buying.
1: So when you make a reference to something like ESG and and you say Mm -hmm. it's hard to get all this information, I'm thinking that a lot of a lot of consumers aren't even thinking this way right i mean you were you were in maybe more progressive or bigger cities and so this was part of your um, paradigm but i think i think this i think a lot of people probably don't even know what esg means so why don't we back up sure, a little bit sure yeah
2: well so we can back up a bit to talk about esg yeah. but one thing i'd also like to just note is that sometimes consumers do think in this way they just haven't connected the dots that this is yeah. all related so an example is when a product is recalled, and you might hear about it in the news. Um, you know, obviously nobody wants to put a product on their skin that could have a cancer-causing ingredient such as benzene. Um, so when you see benzene in your sunscreen or you hear that there's benzene in your sunscreen, that gets everybody pretty concerned. So even that in and of itself is conscious consumption. It's okay. not just necessarily about, you know, uh, saving the whales mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, maybe protecting workers in a far-off country. It's also about the impacts that it's having on your own health and safety as a consumer. So I just wanted to, to mention that because um, impacts that uh, products can have range from directly at home to far, far away. Um, but to answer the question about what ESG is, ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance, and it's a new way that uh, investors, in particular, are looking at evaluating companies and their current performance. So, of course, you know, as an investor, you look at a company and you think, is this company fairly valued? Are they, you know, profitable? Uh, are they? Uh, do they have good margins? So that's a way. To evaluate a company's financial standing, but to understand and evaluate their ESG standing is to understand: is this company at high risk of you know maybe building in an area that's prone to climate, natural climate disasters? Um, is this company currently uh, at risk of potentially having a human rights violation mm-hmm. on their books? Um, is this company not doing enough quality assessment in their product safety yeah. uh, and therefore could have some bad recall news down the road? So all of these things
1: connect to what is ESG. And and is ESG a government designation or is it something that an NGO came up with, um, it's or like you say, an investing standard? It's Those currently
2: not. Yeah, it's currently not um, standardized across the board or regulated in any way. Although that is certainly changing. Good. Um, what exists today is that there are different ratings agencies mm-hmm. um, that will conduct third-party research uh, as well as first-party research, and will essentially assign. Um, ratings, like risk ratings, for example, on those various factors that I mentioned. Um, Now, institutional investors like hedge funds and um, even private investors uh, are looking and evaluating some of these things alongside, like I said, the uh, financial value of a company. But right now, to date, it's not regulated by the government. It's not standardized, but certainly it's moving in that
1: direction. And before we dig into a little bit more about your your company and your platform, because I think it's fascinating, but just tell me, um, so I understand, I mean, what is driving um you know the conscience of institutional investors are you telling me that they're really doing this for the right reason or does it make financial sense for them because i've never known wall street to do things necessarily for the right reason right
2: yeah i don't think you uh, think of wall street and think of a, a bleeding heart uh, right i <laughs> <laughs> banker um no they are i think the entire concept stems from this uh concept called stakeholder capitalism And the thinking and definition behind stakeholder capitalism, excuse me, as opposed to shareholder capitalism, is that stakeholder capitalism is all about maximizing value for all stakeholders of a company. Um, not just the shareholders. Uh, and by result of doing that, by maximizing value for a company's consumers, for example, or maximizing values for a company's workers or the communities in which the company operates, um, the company actually creates longer-term financial value uh, and therefore longer-term value to the shareholder as well. So it's a bit of a long-term view versus a short-term view because mm-hmm. certainly shareholders would love for you know stock prices of, of companies that they own to rise and value to be created. But that can always come out as, as a short-term trade-off as opposed to a long-term trade-off where you might have to make an investment uh, that may hurt the short-term gains, yeah. but in the long long run, create long-term value because you're investing in uh, the company's future uh,
1: sustainability, for example. Interesting. So, so against that backdrop, um, you launched this product in the fall of 2021. Yes, but, but but you had sort of been working on a in a prototype that was related to the twenty twenty elections.
2: Yes, yes. So um, I, you know, this was always something of interest to me, um, but it, it never made sense to turn it into a full fully fledged business until. I had kind of this aha moment, which was, um, you know, 2020 was a watershed year for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, one, of course, was that there was a huge election and probably mm-hmm. the high, that resulted in, I believe, the highest voter turnout ever in, in our, our history. Um, and what I saw is that a lot of people wanted an outlet for action beyond just voting at the ballot box. Uh, they wanted to see everything that they could mm-hmm. do to get involved in various ways to make a stand in what they believed in. Um, And so as a result of that, I decided to create a very rudimentary app. And the concept of this app was that it cataloged all the brands that you would find in, let's say, a Walgreens. And uh, you could look between, like, Angel Soft or Charmin Toilet Paper, search both on the app, and see where their political contributions were going by their parent company uh, to either political party. And then you could make a decision based on that. So it was the concept of voting with your wallet on the seemingly trivial decisions like toilet paper uh, where all things considered are equal in terms of cost and function. Um, and what we realized from building that was that it was quite successful. Um, no no marketing whatsoever spent on that effort. And uh, we got, uh, you know, just under a thousand downloads. And then we got a ton of feedback where people were like, I want to see more. I want to yeah. understand more than just political impacts. I want to understand, you know, are their products cruelty-free? Are they... Um, You know, is this a veteran-owned business? Is this uh, a business that's, you know, safe for acting in line with, uh, you know, a good steward for the environment? A variety of things that we recognize that, you know, consumers' unique values, that's and humans' values, are so... Uh, so complicated and unique you know you probably have a set of personal values that look very different than mine and same with everybody else in the room and so we wanted to create a product where anybody in the world who cared about a variety of issues could come search for any brand that they would buy and be able to make a decision that could make a bigger impact with their everyday purchase
1: that's a tremendous amount of data and research how where did you get the information who compiled all this aggregated it
2: Yep, that's where the uh, former uh, <laughs> former
1: journalist and uh, corporate
2: corporate researcher and me came out. Um, so a lot of it was that's a just lot. elbow grease. <laughs> a lot of elbow grease. I like to say that I'm a, a rabbit hole chaser, so um, I can uh, you know get into the nitty-gritty of, of researching something. Uh, Till I'm blue in the face <laughs> uh, about learning about it, and uh, so it was—it was a natural fit for me in terms of the skill set. But it hasn't just been me. I've been able to bring on some amazing rock stars onto the team as well, um, and we've scaled our research efforts to be both uh, manual research as well as some automated research efforts where we're scraping data uh, across the web from multiple sources that
1: already exists, that exactly. is already oh, exactly. Aggregated. So yet
2: yeah, to be clear, we're not—you know—I'm not going over to. Um, Procter and Gamble's factories and like measuring the carbon emissions out of their uh, sure. smokestacks, we are we are accessing data that already exists, and so I like to say that we are experts in finding expertise. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about that is that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, we know that there are smarter people out there who measure very specific things, um, and we bring we bring those data sources in. So examples of our data source could include things like OSHA fines, EPA fines, um, impact assessment tools, some of the ESG ratings providers I mentioned, and much, much more. So interesting.
1: How many brands or companies um, have you all researched? Do you have information on in your database? So
2: we have, um, we've researched over 6,000 brands, um, which is representative of 100,000 product SKUs. So, uh, you know, think about something. I'm so impressed. (laughs) I love (laughs) it. Well, think about something like, um, uh, you know, Burt's Bees, for example. Mm Burt's Bees has ChapStick. They now have eyeshadow. You know, they have probably... 20 different products just within that one brand's portfolio. Um, so we have 6,000 brands uh, that, that's representative of all, all those products. Um, not every single one of those brands has a people and planet impact score, mm-hmm. but they have some information, partial information. So we always have the parent company listed. Um We'll always have political data listed because that's federally regulated, publicly available data. Um, And then we're able to verify some other things. So if a brand uh, I mentioned earlier is a veteran-owned brand or a woman-owned brand, um, we're starting to onboard more and more smaller brands and we're able to get that access to that information directly from the brands, which is helpful.
1: And how many people do you have working with you on this?
2: Um, So right now we have uh, three full-time and about six, uh, six part-time and contractor positions um, currently active with Cluey and, and we're definitely looking to expand our team um, we were very fortunate to be a part of the idea village village X accelerator program and uh, we were part of a pitch competition for New Orleans entrepreneurship week where we were able to secure $175,000 nice. so that has been very helpful yeah. to giving us some runway um, and allowing us to to continue to build
1: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Mary Claire Mannard of Cluey Consumer. Mary Claire. So then, I mean, if I'm Procter & Gamble and maybe sales fall off a bit here or there, but how do you hope to communicate to the corporations, the brands, that perhaps they need to change their behavior, and and this is why maybe, you know, that people are using your app and seeing that their scores are low and so they're not going to buy... A P&G product anymore, but how does P&G feel that tension? Sure, and, and then and then hopefully change its behavior.
2: Totally, and I just want to uh, you know qualify for the audience. I'm actually I don't have the P&G score off the top of my head, but you could check it out at ClueyConsumer.com. So I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to say, say that they have a bad score no, if, they, no, no. if they don't. They might actually have a, a, a sure you know, average or decent score. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, I think a couple of things. First is that. Oftentimes when, you know, sometimes I talk to people about this, I do, they're like, yeah, but will my purchases really make a difference? It absolutely will. Um, and I'll give you a stat to prove that. If the metro area of Tampa, Florida, everyone in that metro area is about three 3 million people. And, you know, maybe it's not just those 3 million people. Maybe it's 3 million people scattered across the country. But if just 3 million people swapped a toilet paper brand, shampoo brand, laundry detergent brand, and coffee brand in their home for a year. Mm -hmm. That amount of money diverted in terms of value would equal 6% of global annual revenue for the largest consumer packaged goods company in the world. Um, So it just shows how such a little shift in behavior actually has a huge, huge Mm -hmm. difference. Um, think about how much money you probably spend on toilet paper in a given year or yeah. how much money you spend on dish you know, dish detergent, what have you. And then just compound that over not even that many people, you know, when you think about the, the whole wide world we live in. Um, so it definitely does make a difference. And I think that companies are very aware of that already. And that's why they're doing things like buying uh, buying and you know merging or acquiring brands that have a more purpose-driven mission or might be able to appeal to a more conscious consumer uh, set of customers. So uh, I'm definitely a big believer that this is already a trend and we're just helping to accelerate it. Mm-hmm.
1: I just didn't know if there was a mechanism for letting the company know. And, oh, and, and, and maybe question. I'm naive. I mean, they may know, but they may not, you so, know, especially yeah. if it's a, a small drop.
2: No, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, right now, right, the way that we can track some of that information is users and consumers on the app can like or dislike brands. They can add or remove brands from their household. And so we can track all of that data and, you know, package it up to eventually license it as market research uh, insights dashboards to brands we're not yet there in terms of having those products available for brands to license but that's the ultimate end goal right now our our focus is growing our audience and growing our user base
1: sure and you said as I mentioned you had told me in the introduction that y'all have had a, like about 6,000 users viewers on your page
2: yes just under 6,000 in our total audience um, you know and this is across all of our assets so our social media our, um our, our weekly emails um, and, and, of course, the the web app, and we also have a Chrome extension. So if you're people who love to uh, love the idea of taking Cluey with them on the go as they're surfing the web, as they're shopping online, uh, the Chrome extension works in a way where it can pop up and show you the impacts of the brands that you're you know currently shopping at.
1: So I would imagine that your average user is a, a woman, maybe... Under forty or maybe under fifty. Yep. Um, is Spot that on. the average profile?
2: <laughs> Spot on. I mean, you know, I I would say I am my target user in a lot of ways. Uh, that's why I started, Clue. Yeah. I, I said at the end of the day, I want to build a solution that I at least know I would use, and that's exactly what it's become. Um, but so obviously as a result of that a lot of people who fit in my demographic are some of our higher users obviously i I leverage my organic network to start to grow the Mm -hmm. spread the word but what we found is that if you're not in that demographic that doesn't mean that cluey is not for you there's lots and lots of users who we've spoken to who are uh you know we spoke to one user who considers herself even older than the oldest baby boomer, and she <laughs> loves to use Cluey. Uh, and you know, we have uh, m- plenty users who identify as a male all over the country. So um, there's a lot, uh, a lot of difference in the in the variety of the users that we have. But certainly, a large majority are you know that young professional millennial woman mm-hmm. uh, who just wants to be a little bit more careful with the uh, with what they're buying.
1: Why do you think women?
2: maybe off-subject question, but why are women
1: more conscious consumers?
2: Great question. I think about this a lot, actually. Um, I think that there's a couple things. First is, you know, traditionally, I think women in households are usually the primary consumer decision maker. Uh, I know I certainly am in in my household with my husband. He leaves that that to me, and and I Mm. like it. I like being able to really get in the nitty gritty um you know there's there's a lot of statistics too on gender differences in america uh women are actually in many ways more academically inclined uh so the ability to get a little bit deeper into some research seems to make sense in some Mm -hmm. regards and then the conscientious person or maybe the piece and the values oriented piece, not to say that men are not values oriented or that they're not academically oriented or anything like that. Um, but women, you know, certainly have some sort of disenfranchisement in their experiences, whether it's been professionally or yeah. otherwise. Um, and I think as a result of that, when you're a, a step closer to understanding some level of dif- disenfranchisement, you're more likely to empathize right. with uh, an issue or value that you you know, could, could wrap your head around. Um, so the concept of you know workers not being paid a livable wage might be something that you know a mom a new mom who's having to take care of her two kids two under two and work a full-time job can really relate to exactly (laughs) exactly so I think there's a lot of relatability
1: that's a great point you you mentioned users all around the country I I mean are they spread out uh, geographically diverse or are are you mostly concentrated in south louisiana users just because that's where you are
2: yeah geographic i mean we certainly have a a great contingent of south louisiana users i think um, it would probably be people's that would probably surprise people you Mm -hmm. know conscious and not to say uh, that south louisianians can't be conscious consumers i'm a south louisianian (laughs) and many of our users are but i would probably surprise people that this sort of business Concept would would be headquartered here, but we've got a great contingency here, and I think it's a great opportunity for Louisiana to show its chops uh, in in that regard. So we certainly have a contingency here, but yes, all over the country, um, certainly concentrated in more metropolitan regions, um, but there's plenty of people from rural areas as well. So uh, I like to say that you know I never put our users in a box. Um, And it's really, really interesting, the data that we've gathered on them, too. Uh, So tell me, share. Yeah, yeah. So um, of our users who share, you know, who maybe identify more with the right versus identifying with the left, there's quite a bit of common ground, actually, in terms of other issues they care about. One of the more common ground issues is... you know, being against cruelty to animals, so okay. buying cruelty-free products seems to be a huge common ground issue uh, amongst Republican and Democratic wow. consumers. Wow, good to know. Um, so that's a really interesting one, and there's there's a lot of a uh, care for you know environmental impact as well. And so I think sometimes people make assumptions based on a political party or political ideology that you have to believe a certain set of, of values, but there's quite a few uh, folks on either side of the aisle who share a common ground on, you know, trying to reduce negative environmental impacts as well. So it's
1: great to hear that you have hard data on that because we totally. know that anecdotally, but it's it's a good reminder. Totally. So what is the plan for monetizing this yes. platform? How do you make money off of it?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, you know, we are still very much in the early days of, of, um, of our Executing on our business model, but there's a few ways that we monetize. The first is through affiliate uh, sales, a commission on affiliate sales. So if we recommend a product to you and you end up purchase based on your values and you end up purchasing that product, um, that link, you know, when you click on the link and then you check out of your shopping cart, that gets tracked and we get a commission on that sale. So that's the first way we make money. Um, the second way we make money is through uh, monetizing the user data. Now this would be completely anonymized and aggregated data, but this would allow us to do things like create programmatic advertising platforms. So if you think about Facebook, a, a Facebook experience. You don't go to Facebook to shop or get really creepy targeted ads, but that's <laughs> in, that ends up being what happens. Yeah. Um, with Cluey, we really want to turn that model on its head, and you know, if you want to support uh, women-owned businesses and you want to buy cruelty-free products, um, we can funnel advertising experiences to you while you're on our platform and off our platform surfing the web that match brands that actually share those values. Uh, so it's a really cool way of leveraging data, uh, user data in a positive way that I think the users uh, and consumers will be much happier with than is, is Siri or Alexa listening to me constantly. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Okay, and and then you mentioned that y'all had won the pitch night competition. Where where else have y'all gotten um, financing? Yes, so U- we've um,
2: we've been able to raise as well um, from both institutional and angel investors. Uh, I want to give another big shout out to the South Louisiana region. The majority of the folks on our cap table are actually based here. Fantastic. Um, so that's been been awesome, um, and I think that shows that there's a lot of growth potential for. You know early stage startup companies to to come and build here um so we have institutional investors here uh, as well as elsewhere in the country and, and same with some angel investors too
1: excellent well i'm glad to hear that and i'm not i'm not surprised because i would think that i mean your your concept here is sort of the right the right idea at the right time
2: thank you we well, would like to think so
1: mary claire mannard you are such an inspiration and a reminder of how much intellectual and entrepreneurial capital and homegrown talent we have right here in our midst in South Louisiana so thank you all for your hard work and for sharing your insight and stories with me today on Out to Lunch
2: Thank you for having me, it's always a great time.
1: My guest today on Out to Lunch has been Mary Claire Mannard of Cluey Consumer We had to edit this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF You can hear our unedited conversation and learn more about Cluey Consumer by going to our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast you can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website itsbatonrouge.la if you want to know what we all look like you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Ottz. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by JT O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie Dagostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on
0: Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three-Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three-Roll is cane to glass. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, there's one sponsor slot open for 2023. To learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.